Have you ever experienced the transformative power of forgiveness in your life? Or have you ever been in situations where forgiveness seemed impossible, yet its absence hindered your own growth and well-being? In moments of hurt and betrayal, what role has forgiveness played in your ability to move forward? And can the act of forgiveness truly lead to emotional and spiritual healing? How do you navigate the delicate balance between self-protection and the healing power of forgiveness? Join me after the intro for a conversation with a very special friend for an unusual take on a core topic in this show. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and let's start. Hi, I'm Rosanna D, and this is Forgiven Tribe, a podcast where we explore what thriving in life means and how we can achieve it, irrespective of our past, current condition, and expectations that those around us or society in general may have. Let's go. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. Four years ago, through therapy, I brought back to memory a distressing page of child molestation that I had hidden in the most remote part of my mind for 30 years. I spent months in distress just dealing with that memory. Then one day I took a piece of paper. I wrote my abuser a letter. I told him how wrong was his acts. I took responsibility for having continued his dirty job for 30 years, and I said, no more. It ends today. You and this abuse is not going to affect my future. Then I lighted a few candles, took the letter, and burned it. The morning after, I woke up, and my shoulders were sore and aching as I never felt before. I looked at the mirror, and I saw that they were where they were always meant to be. For 30 years, holding that cigarette made me so tense that my shoulders were in a constant shrug, keeping that negative energy trapped in my body. As soon as I forgave, I started thriving again. Forgive and thrive. I was told that my little ceremony reminded of some of the magic that can be created in shamanic ceremony of forgiveness and healing. I never took part to one, so... Obviously, I cannot say, but you can imagine my excitement when I came across a lady who is a shaman, and I couldn't resist the need to invite her on the show to talk about forgiveness, healing, love, and of course, thriving, as seen through the lens of the ancient shamanic traditions. Today, I have the pleasure to be in a conversation with Issa Mary Blanco, who is a shaman, energy healer, and forgiveness therapist, with a special focus on bridging the energetic with the pragmatic fields, or if you prefer, the mind with the heart. She has been on the shamanic path for many years and has over 10 years experience in plant medicine. She also trained and initiated by Hawaiian Kahuna Halawani, I hope it's pronounced correctly, as a Ho'oponopono forgiveness practitioner. All the above, together with her expertise as a counseling therapist, allows her to safely guide her clients on a journey of self-love, compassion, and connection, creating a safe space for them to let go of anything holding them back and break free from the patterns and limitations that keep them from unlocking their full potential and endless possibilities. Hi, Issa Mary. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. Thank you so much for being with you with (laughs) with you with everyone with everything that's around us yay yeah yeah thank you thank you thank you uh, rosana for the for the invitation for having me here and giving me the opportunity to plant seeds of love 
to whoever might feel called to hear this episode. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so excited. Adasi, I'm excited too. <laughs> As I said, I, I might have had some experience without really knowing about it. But before we go into the main topic of today's episode, I would like really to start with you and in particular with your journey into shamanism. That is yeah. so interesting. Yes, of course. Well, I was born in Venezuela and I was raised between Venezuela and Mexico. And that's how my, without even knowing, my journey in shamanism started when I was very, very small. I think I might have my first trip to the Amazon when I was seven years old. And it really started, again, without even knowing my journey with shamanism and with plant medicine. And really going for me to really step in with both feet, right, and embracing the fact that I am a shaman. That took me years to being courageous enough to say, yes, I am a shaman. Yes, with both feet stepping into this journey. And it was actually on a journey that I had with one of the beautiful, I don't know if you have knowledge of applied medicine, but I was in a ceremony with ayahuasca. And she gave me a very, very strong, clear message but also it was an opportunity for me to decide if I wanted to follow fully this path or not. And I remember when she told me, if you choose to step in, you step in with both feet and there is no turning back. And I remember telling her over 10 years ago, say like, oh, I need to think about it. <laughs> I'll come back to you tomorrow when we are in another, another ceremony. And I did, came back and I said, yes, I'm stepping in. I'm saying yes to this path of the medicine to be a shaman fully on. And that's how it really, really, really kick up started. What, as I said, it started when I was seven years old when my first trip in the Amazon, that I received a necklace by an indigenous tribal men in that time in the Amazon in Venezuela. And it's a necklace that I still carry every day, every time that I'm in ceremony. I still have it with me. And it's a reminder that that man saw when I was seven, something that I was not able to see within myself. And it's a reminder of, yeah, of the beauty of the magic and the strength that this path can have. That's absolutely beautiful. Well, so can you explain us uh, what shamanism really is and what a shaman does? Oh, wow. Do we only have one hour? <laughs> <laughs> I would say what a shaman means to me, because I believe that everyone can have their own interpretation of this. For me, shamanism is about seeing through the veils, seeing the unseen, and really traveling and journaling into the other worlds, the ones that we cannot see with the two physical eyes that we were giving. It's all the unseen that for me to have the capacity to not only travel to other dimensions, other planes, other, but also to see what the two eyes, the physical eyes that we have are not able to see. That's how I would define it. And also in extreme and understanding that connection that we have with everything that is and understanding, not only understanding, but integrating that truth that we are not separate for anything. 
We are all, we are everything. Whatever your mind can picture, it's a part of yourself. It's an extension. We are like an endless extension of everything. And for me also, that that means that that's something that I relate to for me, being a shaman is. Mm. In uh, view of that connection then, let's dive into forgiveness, let's dive into healing and, and love. And what, what is your personal take on this three concept and the shamanic one, provided that there is a difference? Yeah. So again, my understanding from love, and that's something that I only came to realize uh, when I started with my both feet in this path, in the shamanic path, is that everything is love and we are love. There is no end, no beginning. It's love is what created us and love is what made us. That's for me. So love, it's not a thing. Love is everything. That for me would be the first part of love. And then forgiveness. Forgiveness, it's an amazing, wonderful, beautiful teacher. It's an incredible key to opening up your endless potential. And it's also a stepping stone. It's depending how you use it, but it could be and have the potential to be a stepping stone to take you to unparalleled places, places that you never thought you could achieve or you could be. Forgiveness, it's a force that propels you forward. That's how I see forgiveness. Yeah. yeah. And shamanism, forgiveness is, and this came with my experience as a counselor, and that's why I believe if, that shamanism is an incredible tool to address not only forgiveness, but almost everything that we have experienced. And is and specifically with forgiveness, is because we can work with the mind, right? But there is a certain things that I would see when I was working as a counselor is that I reach like a, it would be like a wall. Or you reach a point where the mind, you cannot address the, those areas only with the mind. There are places that we cannot address unless that we jump and we go into these other realms that I was talking in the beginning. Unless that we tap into the energetics. Unless that we dive deeper into the, not only the subconscious, we dive deeper into past lives. And we go to the Akashi records and there's so many things that we have and you cannot do that. If you don't tap into the energetics, if you don't tap into shamanism, that key is not given to you when you just go to a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or I was as I was a counselor. I don't, it's my personal belief. I just want to make that clear. But in my personal belief, that's the difference. And that's what shamanism can do. Address the places that you could not address in any other way or form. In your experience, what have you witnessed with perhaps yourself and in your clients when it comes to embracing forgiveness through shamanism? I think the number one thing that comes to my mind when you ask me this is liberation and freedom. That's the one. Because when you choose, because it's a choice, not to forgive something, you are bounding yourself and you're keeping yourself in a way lock or a prisoner or really attached to something that happened in the past. And that it's not allowing you not only to grow, to evolve, 
to fulfill your fullest potential is hindering you. It's really holding you back. And that's what I see in most of my clients and most of the people that I work with is when they're able to tap into that and they're really free. That would be the number one thing. Many other things come into, into, but if I have to just say one, it would be freedom, freedom to start over, freedom to move on, freedom to embrace the whole of your journey, everything, the good, the bad, the middle, the ugly, the pretty, everything in between. That is, you can do that through forgiveness. Mm. I absolutely love that. And uh, I have to say, uh, it was in my path of healing that I discovered that forgiveness uh, for me was a doorway mm. to going to a situation where I was, I would say, barely surviving, really barely, to thriving again. So I, I resonate a lot with what you are, what you are saying. Yeah. And uh, in that, uh, actually, you mentioned before that, you mentioned the word choice forgiveness is a is a choice mm -hmm. and many see may see forgiveness as a duty but i want to give you a third option if you like so is forgiveness a duty choice or a necessity everything is free will we do have free will so to say that it's a it's a necessity or not it's that is not up to me to say because every human being has free will we were given free will when we were given this opportunity to experience life and this suit of flesh that we have that is our bodies. So I can say what is for me. I believe that forgiveness is an opportunity. Forgiveness is a doorway, as you said. Forgiveness is me exercising my right to be free, my right to be sovereign, and my right to decide what I do with what happened and what not. It's me exercising my power and it's, it's me saying my, the power belongs to me and no one else but me. So I choose what to do with this. And in this moment, what comes is really something that I tell to my clients and is that it's not what happened to you, but what you do, what happened to you, what matters. It's how you choose to, what you choose to do with that situation. Is it going to define you forever or is going to help you to become who you're meant to be in this lifetime? That, that is absolutely beautiful. It's a, it's a personal empowerment. So yeah, I, yeah. I love it. What would you say it's um, perhaps also a, a form of, of resilience or could it be a form of resilience for people? And in the shamanic sort of perspective on, on forgiveness, how that aligns with the idea of being mentally resilient and strong and empowered. Yeah. So um, one thing before I move into that one is that really bring, you mentioned that that is forgiveness is about calling back all of your power, all of it. And to refusing to give someone else the capacity to have control over you. That is something that I really want to leave these for people to food for thought. Let's just put it that way. Um, and the other part is that resilience in that same spectrum of empowerment or claiming back your power. Forgiveness gives you the opportunity to learn 
or to realize how strong we are. I would say to realize because we don't know how strong we are until we're in a moment that demands strength that we didn't even know that we have. And that forgiveness, most of the times, call for that inner strength that we didn't know we have within us. So is it an incredible tool to show us and remind us how incredibly resilient we are as human beings? Absolutely, yes. For me, it is. It is because it's your capacity to rise above what had happened to you. And again, refusing something, a situation, an episode, a person, you name it, whatever label you want to put upon on, on that, that happened in the past to define your future. Mm. It's like you said, it's no more. This is it. From today, I choose to say no to this and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to, it's work. Forgiveness is not something that is like, okay, I choose to forgive. Ta-da! And it just happened. I'm not going to say that to people because forgiveness takes work. There is a lot of shifts and mindsets and, and energetics that needs to happen to take place in order for us to break free. But is it possible? Absolutely, 100%. Yes, it is. Mm. I, again, I so much resonated with that because it's really taking control of your narrative and, and defining what healing means to you in your journey. And, and I love what you say that it doesn't happen, forgiveness doesn't happen overnight. Uh, it, it's true. I always say it's a journey and, uh, you know, the, there might be a pivotal moment when something happens, but you need to be ready, I suppose. To, yeah. to embrace it, right? Yes, absolutely. It's You touch into a point that is very, very important is readiness. You have to be ready for it. And like you said, it might be there's something as pivotal time that something triggered that enough, it's enough moment or saying, I don't want to carry this anymore or whatever you want to call it again. But there is a moment uh, and there is certain readiness that needs to be there for people to take, it's a choice to really choose with every part of their being that they want to do the work. Because something that I have encountered in shamanism is when we do the energetic work, right? I don't only do, I do the mindset, the work, but also everything that has to do with energetics. So when we're going into a part that is, we have to knowingly or unknowingly, you have contracts with that person, you have attachments, you have courts, you did from past life, you have deeds that you, there are so many things that it can happen without you even having any recollection in this life and that it happened. So when we do that, if you're not ready, then it's like I caught, I sever these things, I caught all this, and then it, it because the person is not ready to do it, then they feel like, oh, but I still feel that it's something is lingering because it's, I still, they still feel that pull. Because they say, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this. But they haven't really and honestly accept and, and embrace that, the full spectrum of that decision of, I am going to do this. And that doesn't mean that the person is going to die or it's going to disappear of the world or nothing like, whoa, like this. It's just that you're not going to have any attachment to that person. And sometimes it happens. That people, even if it, this is very hard to for people to to work with when we're in, in therapy or when, when we're doing shamanic sessions of forgiveness, is that there is something that is serving you, something you're getting from this. And this is what things get a little bit entangled because people go into that, no, 
no, of course not. I did not. This is not serving me for anything. I wish I could leave this. And I said, no, that then is what we have to, with compassion and love, dig a little bit deeper. Is that there is something that is serving you from this situation. There is something that is serving you for you to stay attached to that. And it could be that you are getting something out of being in victimhood. It could be there's many things that are serving you. That's it's it's again, it's a it's a work, it's a journey. It's not something that happened overnight, but that's something that the things that we have to address. You have to be ready mm. to do the work. You touch here something that I again I resonate and I think happened in my own journey. And that was taking responsibility for mm. what uh, was my part in that situation. My abuse lasted three years from when I was 10 to 13. I continued to abuse myself for 30 years afterwards. How important then is for people really recognize the fact that there is an element of responsibility in, uh, in, in that situation in order to accept that that situation is serving them in, somehow. Oh my God, that is key in the process. It really is key to find that, to have that, if you want to call it a aha moment, mm -hmm. and it's not easy and it's not comfortable at all to do it. I was also, I was physically abused also when I was in my, in my late uh, 19s. And for me to take responsibility from that, it was really hard to take what role I play in that and also taking responsibility because it's something that I, that I was so many things attached to it and guilt and shame. And there's so many things that go into it when you, when you go through an episode like that, but it's for me to, and it's for me and for you and for everyone that works with forgiveness, what role did I play in this situation? And it might be that in, in my case, when I was physically abused, it's not that I probably a role to make that happen. I'm not saying that, oh, it's your fault. That I never say that it was my fault that that happened. What I did with that, after that, what I did to myself all those years after that, that it's on me. That have nothing to do on, with, with the man that did that. Nothing to do with him. It's me. So when I'm able to tap into that, or when you were able to tap into that, again, you're claiming about your power. You're no longer giving the power to that person, in this case, the man that did it to me. I'd, no, I said, no, I'm done. I'm not going to give you that power over me anymore. I'm going to claim this. And also taking responsibility and again, accepting and accepting the responsibility is not saying, is not condoning what happened. It's not saying that what happened was okay, was not wrong. Have nothing to do with that. It's accepting the role that you play in that situation, in that episode, in that experience, and in this. And once you're able to do that, then is when we can really tap into liberation. It's one of the, the there is certain things that we have to tap, like check kind of, Thing, and that's one of them self-responsibility and accountability it's extremely important because forgiveness that's one of the misconceptions that are there is in the narrative around forgiveness is that when you talk about forgiveness one of the misconceptions is that most of the fingers go to the outside it's like oh because this person did that because they did that, because and i always when i with my clients or with people in ceremony and i said no it's just let's just try to put those fingers 
Also, let's just put one finger to the inside. What role did you play in that? And then finding that place and it's starting to work from that place. So that's one of the misconceptions that, that I work with. And the other one is, again, the, the, the part of, of power that I, to shift from victimhood into empowerment. And I don't know if something that it, you you can resonate with, but I know how it was for me when I share with people that I was, that I was, or still when I share with people that I was physically abused, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh God, they're so horrible. And, and, and sometimes I even see the shift in energy that people is like really feeling sorry. And there's, and I, and I said, I, I can see that, yes, that you're sorry and it's okay, uh, but you don't have to be sorry for me. There is nothing. You don't have to be sorry for me because I did something. I chose to use that as a stepping stone. I chose to use that as a pro something that propelled me. And actually today it, it makes me incredibly res like not only resilient, but it gives me the capacity to connect from the heart space with clients when I'm working, when a client is, has gone through that. I can connect with them no longer, not just from what I read in the books and everything that I started when I was doing counseling, but from a place of heart, because I know how it felt for me. I know, I don't know what you feel because we're different human beings, but I know how it was for me to deal with my abuse. And that's another, 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 in, yeah, another incredible thing that, that this journey has given me. Again, uh, there is so much to unpack here. I mean, uh, it, it's fantastic. I, I resonate with everything you said. First of all, thank you for pointing out that responsibility doesn't mean fault. Um, the, I, I think that is very important for everybody to understand. The, the fact that uh, one decided at one point to step or cross your boundaries and uh, abuse you in any uh, form, whether it's physical, verbal, um, emotional, psychologically, is, is wrong. And there is no fault there. But you're right, there is a responsibility that comes later uh, when we take that and we keep living and creating a narrative around that and, and we don't enter in, in that empowerment uh, that, that we, uh, we could. So I, I absolutely love that. And I want to take that one step further, actually, because in view of that responsibility, what is the role of self-forgiveness? Because very often we think of forgiveness as something that we have to give to someone else, right? is a sort of a relationship. No, uh, you come to me, you ask for forgiveness, and I'm so gracious that I grant you with forgiveness. But very often, the first step is actually, uh, after recognizing the responsibilities, uh, forgiving ourselves for, for that. So what is your take on uh, self-forgiveness? Yeah, self-forgiveness, it's such a beautiful thing. And such a powerful, 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 I'm, I, I don't even, calling it a thing, it, it feels almost disrespectful to it. But for the purpose of the conversation, I'm just going to call it a thing. It's a wonderful, powerful thing. And forgiveness and self-love go hand in hand. One thing is that you have to 
understand or we have to understand and to remind ourselves that forgiveness have nothing to do with other one with someone else forgiveness start with self forgiveness start with you and we go up to the point to the fingers that i'd mentioned before it's let's just point one finger to the inside right and also to recognize and in the past part of self-forgiveness is to and for self-love also is to recognize and remind myself that I did the best I could with the tools and the knowledge and the wisdom I had at that point in my life. For me to expect that my version today in this point in life would act in a certain, that I will act in this way today with my 47 years old, that I will act the same with this way when I was 19 and I was physically abused or whenever you can apply this example to anything it's just not fair because i have gained today so much more wisdom so much more knowledge i have so many so many resources and tools that i can apply today back then that version of myself when that happened and this you can apply it everyone can apply it that version of yourself in that moment did the best they could with the tools and the knowledge, and the wisdom, and the development that you had at that moment. So for that, you have to actually love yourself, because you did the best you could. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Isamari, I would like to take you into the ceremony, or ceremonies, I should say, uh, that are used in uh, shamanism. And as I said at the start, I don't know anything about it, so I'm completely a novice uh, on, on this. But first of all, does the little uh, ceremony that I created uh, without thinking too much reminds of some of the shamanic ceremony, is it true, uh, in what ways? And can you take us through some of these ceremonies and uh, clarify what, what, what happens? And, uh, yes. Yes, absolutely. And yes, you did. You did, Rosanna. Um, so you work with the element of fire. And that's one of the things that we do when we work, when I do a shamanic uh, forgiveness ceremony, we work with the element of fire. And it, going coming to my training in, in, the, in Hawaii, by the Hawaiian kahuna, as a Ho'oponopono practitioner, we work with Pele. Pele is a goddess. So it's this, we, we bring into the, 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 the fire, we bring into the power of the element of fire to transmute, to really to release, to burn through everything, right? Uh, so yes, absolutely, you work with that unknowingly, like, but it's still, there is this inner instinct that I believe we all have and intuition that drove you or to guide you to work with fire, to write things in a paper. That's another thing that we do too. There are many things that we do, but those two things I do and we do in ceremony. We write down things. We work with the element of fire, not only for, for that paper, to burn the paper. There's other things that we do, but fire is a key element when we're working in shamanic ceremony for forgiveness. Uh, we work with other elements. We work with the earth, with Pachamama, Mother Earth, Gaia, however you want to call her, too. And all another thing that we do is journeying, shamanic journeys that we do with drumming to really take people to a different, different realms that are normally not so easy to access when we're in a full conscious mind. That's where drumming 
actually help you to do to dive in and to go into a different state right it's just, if you go into research into how actually the drumming the play the role that it plays in shamanism it's it's very very important because of that it's a key and it, it's like a doorway that allows you to enter different states of mind uh, or consciousness if you want to call it also that way and another way that we work with is with plant medicine so there is different plants and the plant medicine, the plant kingdom is so rich and so incredibly magical and beautiful. And I'm so mm, in love with, with plant kingdom and all the capacities and the help that we can get from the spirit of the plants. In this particular case, and me, I work as a shaman with rose. I work also with bovinsana and I work with cacao. All of them are in the plant kingdom that help us to tap into the heart space, the heart chakra. And what we do with them when we are in ceremony and is to facilitate the work. Because again, to go into our heart, it can be, in, especially when we're dealing with situations that it, with forgiveness need to play a big, a, a key part. It's hurt was there and resentment was there and despair and sadness and sorrow. And there's so many in the spectrum of feelings that we can we can name now and those plans they help us to address that area they help us to like if you imagine a rose right as a flower and as you see it as when i when i'm in ceremony with people and we're working with roses to really see the petals of the rose and the petals of your heart softening and opening up and if you want to use another example is that walls those walls that we build around her heart in this belief that we think we're protecting ourselves, we're not protecting ourselves. What we're doing is separating ourselves from feeling. But that's another podcast that we can, <laughs> we can do. It's taking those bricks that are actually keeping our heart trapped and encapsulating. So it's about releasing those, opening, softening up the heart and opening up the heart. And we do that with plant medicine. So that's another thing that we do in ceremony. So there's a lot of drumming, there is fire, there's different techniques that we use, as I said. And there is also plant ceremony that we use. Those are a few of the things that we that we do and we use when we're in ceremony, particularly for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's so interesting because especially when it comes to plant medicine for people like me who don't really know enough, we may think about psychedelics, for example, so plants that can can take you really into a, a different level okay. step mm -hmm. yeah and um but but you are mentioning here things that we might have in our garden or yeah. in our kitchen even yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because not all the plants have those effects. There are some of the plants in, in the med in the plant kingdom with plant medicine that they do have those psychedelic effect. But these plants that I'm working with are they don't have that psychedelic effect that you're talking about. Some people may be a little bit apprehensive about about plant medicine because of particularly this the 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 this this called a side effect or other effect of the psych psychedelic part of, of the plant medicine, but rose is not psychedelic. Bovinsana is not psychedelic. Cacao is not psychedelic either, but they do have the capacity to open up your heart. They do have the capacity to allow you to drop into the space where you feel 
safe, when you feel whole, when you feel nurtured, secure, and love. Mm. And you feel and it's in that cradle of, of unconditional love that the plant and the, and the space and the spirits provide that your heart feels safe enough and you feel safe enough to fully open. And, and that it's, again, it's achieved through plant medicine. And it's, it's, I cannot, I cannot talk enough about the beauty of plant medicine and, and the, really the incredible properties and the help that we can find in the realms of the spirits of the plants. Mm. I assume that uh, knowledge is the first step to empowerment as well, because sometimes when we don't know something, we hear, you know, a little sentence here, a little sentence there, we might create a narrative around that situation, like, for example, in this case with psychedelics, that might not be always true, might be true in some situations, in some cases, but not uh, all of them. So thank yeah. you for, for stressing that out. Um, there is another aspect that I, I would like to, to touch upon. In, in my little story, my little uh, ceremony or pseudo-Samanic uh, ceremony, um, I had everything um, very, it was just me, it was very private. And for my understanding, a lot of the Samanic ceremonies are instead carried out within a circle of people. First of all, is it true? And I, I wanted to ask you the, the importance of that community uh, in terms of, uh, of energy. So the energy of the single, of the individual, compared with the energy of a community, how that affects the, the healing process. Yes, absolutely. And you're tapping into a point that it's beautiful too and powerful and is the and again is with as powerful is the power of community of the power of the circle or the power of a group of human beings choosing to do something together greater for all of them and that's magic happens powerful things happen and if you don't even believe in that because it's too out there for you then imagine people when they're people meditating and there's it's proof of it when gather when you gather a group which is one person or when you gather 20 people together meditating the difference of things that can how things can shift and how things and the energy that you filled and and the field of where that people is so not only the energy that gets increased and it amplified but also is the beauty of a container where it's not only you you have people that is there we're all there for the same reason. We're all there gather for a purpose of in this, if we're working for forgiveness, for love, liberation, to moving on, to free yourself. So we have a common denominator. And in that common denominator, it's our strength also because we're coming together as a group. And not only that, we go even further with that. And then it's knowing that I have you. I have you and I relate to you from a place of heart because we're here for the same common denominator. It might not be the same experience, but the, the common denominator is there. So you're not alone. You feel this, again, being held and being supported by this container of compassion, understanding to people that really is there and said, I see you, I hear you because I have been 
I know what you're feeling. Again, it doesn't matter the situation, but I'm here and I see you and I hear you. And that gives people the capacity to open up even more to be vulnerable because we're all in the same boat. And that's a beautiful thing. Well, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I always end my podcast every episode saying that we are together in this journey. And it is something that I truly believe. So uh, I, I couldn't resonate more with what you are saying. I think uh, it's true. And sometimes a lot of the issues that we face in the world, whether it's a personal, uh, familial, uh, a society level, is because we forget that we are on the same boat. Yeah. So, Again, uh, beautiful. Thank you for, for stressing that out. Isamari, there is something that I actually read in your bio and I mentioned before. Besides the shamanic um, knowledge and expertise, you have also been uh, practicing uh, the Hawaiian uh, Ho'oponopono. Uh, and uh, you are also, if I remember correctly, a counselor. So you have put together a number of modalities and practices to help people in their personal healing. So I wanted to ask you, how do you mix and match them? And uh, how do shamanic rituals in particular complement and or differ from these other approaches? Yeah, I think that they all complement each other. And that's why I am so grateful and I, when I was saying about embracing your journey and your story and everything, I'm so grateful for every part of my trainings and my and my learnings and all the years that I've invested in 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 knowing and and being the person that I am today, because they all weave together. And that's why when I, people ask me what you do is holistic healing, because it's a holistic approach. It's not only if I'm working with someone and I see that they, I can help them in the mental part, in the mental realm, then I will work with them. I will tap into the counseling. Let's just call it my, my. I will open my medicine bundle. It would be like, okay, I'm going to take now everything from counseling because this person needs to address the minefield. And then if I see something, there's an energetics there's energy that is trapped in their body, in their physicality, then I would be like, okay, I'm going to tap into my energetics. So as a, as a Reiki master, as a quantum healing master, I will tap into that. And then there's another field. And I said, well, no, actually, I see that there's something from past lives. There's contracts, as I said before, that this person did agreements without even knowing or trauma that happened so early in life that cannot even remember so then is when I take shamanism and I can, for example, do a, a soul retrieval and we retrieve the parts of the soul that were shattered and in that trauma, in that moment in life or from a previous past life. Or it could be, again, like there is contracts and then I have to, we have to go to the Akashic records to record, to bring those. And that's the shamanic part that goes into it. And then if you go to the last leg of it is the part of the forgiveness because i really believe the forgiveness is not something that we only work with one particular case of one just episode that happened but when we really understand and we embrace how forgiveness works we see that it works for us not only in that sense that it can work for us 
And we can apply the beauty and the teachings of forgiveness into so many different aspects in life, even professional life, even your work in a corporate job. You can apply the principles into that realm too, because there's also conflict and, and, and distress when you are in the corporate world. So when you understand that, you can apply that also to your corporate life. So this is the four realms, but you address them as you see, because as humans, we are multifaceted. So I can, I, it's not that I work only one facet with one individual client. I work as a human, multifacetic. So as I am a therapist, I have a multifacetic. I have different facets that I address or I tap into it, depending on what the people that is working with me or I work with needs. That's beautiful. Isabari, are there any final considerations that you would like to offer to our listeners when it comes to forgiveness and healing and, and love? So for me is to remind yourself that you are stronger than you believe. Forgiveness, it's a choice. It takes work, but no one is more worth it of it than yourself. You deserve to do to be loved. You deserve to move on. You deserve to break free from whatever it is that keeping you from growing, from evolving, whatever it is that no longer serving you, you deserve to break free from that. And you deserve to really tap into all the possibilities that are out there. They are endless. It's up to you what, what you want to tap into it. But the possibilities are endless and you deserve to tap in whatever possibilities, whatever dreams, whatever realities you would like to create and that you have the power to do so you do have the power to move on you do have the power to choose and the, you do have the power to really transform what happened into something that propels you into the most beautiful glorious version of yourself wow that's absolutely beautiful well now coming back to you before we really conclude. We are at the beginning of a new year. What are you working on or planning for? Anything that you would like to share with us and our audience? Yes, yes, I am. Well, I think by now you can see that I'm a very passionate about forgiveness. <laughs> um, so I am working on, a, I give four times per year a container that is called Soul Renewal. It's a transformative shamanic journey of forgiveness. And it's really a container that brings together that four legs that I talk about, shamanism, forgiveness, energetics, and the mindset. And we bring all that into a journey that is a three weeks long journey with me. And it's online so I can, because I, again, it's about planting seeds of love and everywhere and as many hearts I can so I do it online and that's what I'm doing is starting by the end of February and if people feel that they would like to tap into this beautiful journey there is that container that is coming up and as I said it's available four times per year and the first one of this year is coming by the end of February Beautiful. So if our listeners would like to know more about you, what you do, and perhaps taking on this, where they can find you? Well, you can find me on my website. Is, my name is isamaryblanco.com. 
Uh, I think I believe you're going to share how to write my name because some people can get a little bit confused of how to write my name. So isamariblanco.com. My Instagram is the same, isamariblanco, and Facebook is the same, isamariblanco. So in all of those places, you can you can find me. And I'm so looking forward to hear from whoever resonates with this message and whoever is is ready to say, this is it. I'm reclaiming all of it. I'm taking my power back and I'm ready to move on and I'm ready to say this is not going to define me anymore. I am the one is calling the shots, like they said. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. As always, we will put all the links in the description of today's episode. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's really thank you, thank you, thank you. No, thank you. I, I really enjoyed this uh, this conversation. Thank you very much. So in exploring the shamanic perspective on forgiveness, healing and love, it really confirms to me that the journey of forgiveness is a deeply personal one and a multifaceted experience where the spiritual, emotional, culture and societal dimensions all interconnect and underscores the richness and complexity of this transformative process. And whether we approach it through spiritual practices, psychological insights, or philosophical frameworks, forgiveness remains a dynamic force capable of bringing about profound personal and collective transformation. And with this in mind, I want to leave you with a quote from Marianne Williamson, who said, the practice of forgiveness is our most important contribution to the healing of the world. Isamari, thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this lovely conversation and uh, for everything you do uh, about forgiveness and, and healing. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you everyone for, for listening and tuning in today. Well, we would love to know what you think about this topic. What's your take on forgiveness as the doorway to healing? Have you experienced its healing power? And if so, let us know. We would love to hear your story. But if you need to reflect more on that, well, fear not. We have covered a lot of the topics that uh, revolve around forgiveness. And there are so many golden nuggets from uh, Issa Mary today, from our conversation on, on forgiveness. And obviously, if you need to know more or you are more curious about shamanic practices and what Issa Mary does, Please visit her website, check out her work, follow her on social media. You will find all the links in the description of today's episode. Join me next time when we will continue exploring inspiring and challenging situations. Because remember, we are together in this journey. Thanks for watching. If you enjoy this content, subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to hit the notification bell and like this video. See you in the next one.